0: Wow. Is this not beautiful? I feel like we have not seen the sun since Christmas time. (laughs) So this is fantastic. And I want to invite you all, if you have a Bible with you, to turn to John chapter 10. We do have ushers that can provide you one. If you do not own a Bible, this Bible can be yours to keep. Um, If you just need to borrow for this morning, you can just leave it with one of the ushers at the end of the service and that'll be fine. So, every year, I usually make a trip to South Africa. I work with a school there that is a school for a Christian school that's uh, uh, basically a boarding school for children that are street kids in shantytowns. These shantytowns are usually people that have been basically ostracized from mainstream society, either because they are immigrants that have come into the, into the country that uh, do not have uh, opportunity for work, uh, or they are simply marginalized because they're just generationally poor. These street kids would typically be used for things that would be unmentionable in regards to how their little shantytown would use them. So a vision came that uh, starting a school that would allow these kids to come and live at the school, be able to then receive food, clothing, and education, but more importantly, faith. A particular girl named Kotlaho I met in 2010. Kotlaho was a beautiful girl she was in the, at the time seventh grade, and a moment happened that I'm going to share with you now. We're singing a song that was being led by my son at the time, who was uh, he was st- he's still my son, but at the time <laughs> uh, he was ten years old, and he, and he was playing the song written by Cutlass called "I'm Still Yours." The song is a beautiful song, but it says a lot about. When life gets difficult or when everything is taken away, can you still worship God? I want you to pay attention to the words of the song and then I'm going to tell you Kotlaho's story. Because at the end of the song, she was raising her hands, shaking and sobbing significantly. Read these words as you listen to them being sung.
1: If you washed away my vanity, if you took away my words, before my world was swept away, would you be enough for me? Would my beating heart still see if I lost it all? Would my hands stay lifted to the God who? When my life is not what I expected, the plans I've made have failed when there's nothing left to you take it all this life
0: So we finished re- singing that song, and it was obvious to all of us who were there that something touched deeply in Kotlaho's life. So after the song was done, several of the team that I brought from the States to South Africa gathered around her and were consoling her. And then the opportunity came where she was able to gather herself enough to be able to speak, and and so it was asked of her, why did that song mean so much to you? You see, what I didn't tell you is that Katlaho, being, yes, grade seven, it was clear that on her, she was a beautiful girl, loved to smile, but on her face were scars. We didn't know what the scars were from. We just assumed that it was possibly from some uh, accident or even possible abuse, she began to speak and she said, four months ago, my aunt and my two cousins whom I live with, and, and in the shanty towns, often these children, these street kids do not have parents that are anywhere around, and so they often are sh- given to a, an aunt or an uncle or, or some kind of cousins or grandparents, and, and that's where they live. And, and in this case, Kalahoe has, was living in a shanty small little piece of wood, living with her aunt and two cousins. And four months before we had had this moment with her, they were in a car accident, her, her aunt, and her cousins. Kotlaho was the only survivor. You see, what little she had, what little support that she had around her was lost in a moment. It would be traumatic, for any of us to be in a car accident and be the only survivor when many that were family of yours were lost. But in her case, she was already orphaned into this family, and now she's orphaned again. You see, a year before that accident, while at that school, she had given her life to Jesus Christ. And he had truly changed her life. But then when you go through a situation like that where everything you knew was taken from you, whatever little it might be, was taken from you, she has a decision to make. Either I become angry at God or I cling to God. Either I become angry with God or I cling to God. So that song is playing And you hear those words saying, if I lost it all, if you took it all away, I still worship you. I'm still yours. Now, why would she be willing to make that choice? Would she not have (coughs) every right, every right to be angry with God? It's because she knew what life was like without God, where there was no hope. And since she had experienced hope for a year, knowing what Jesus offered, even when all that was around her was taken away, she knew that the hope that she had learned in Jesus was greater than the anger that she would hold on to if she chose that. She knew a life that she didn't want to return to. And she'd experienced a life she would want to hang on to. Many of you here have experienced difficulty and trauma. When it, when it happens to you, it often comes in unexpected times, and you have a choice each time that happens. What are you going to cling to to survive the moment or the season? Do you cling to just your inner resolve Or do you hold out for hope beyond yourself? Perhaps you're fighting cancer. What do you cling to as you go through each grueling stage? Where is your hope found? Maybe you've experienced the death of a child, a parent, or a loved one. Where is your hope found? Or have you chosen resentment or despair? Perhaps you've lost a job. You've gone bankrupt. Maybe you've failed in a marriage. Perhaps your rep- reputation has been crushed by poor words or actions of others. Where do you find hope? Or have you chosen to cling to anger? See, what I find is that when you go through difficulty, there really is two paths. You either choose a path to hope, or you choose a path of anger and resentment. Anger and resentment only has within it, if that's your chosen path, only has within it yourself is the final answer. And eventually, over time, despair will happen because you'll know The anger and resentment is not the answer. And certainly you're not the end. Depression, suicidal thoughts, perhaps rage become the fruit of one's life when they've chosen something other than hope. But quite frankly, hope and just hope in itself is not enough. There has to be an object of that hope. And for Kadleho, that object of that hope was Jesus Christ, in whom she had found life just a year before. I want us to read in John chapter 10, a statement by Jesus himself as to his purpose to why he came to this earth for you and I. It's found in verse 7 to verse 11. So Jesus saying, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have life to the full. I and the good shepherd, the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. All of us are living with a reality that death will come to each of us. We all hope that it's later in life, after we've lived a long life. But when death comes knocking at your door, perhaps it's someone dying in front of you, or maybe you've started to experience the mortality of your own physical body. What often gives us fear at that point is the unknown after. Jesus describes something about life, but life in absolute terms. Not life that ends at death, but life that continues beyond death. This one life that each of us gets to live is filled with disappointments, challenges and yes a longing to understand but here's the frustrating thing we don't get to do do-overs in life in the sense of you get one life to live you can't retell your story differently but you can change your story from here forward you have one life to live so what will be the source by which you aim all hope. Jesus says there are basically two paths being offered to everyone who is sitting here today. Those two paths have two different leaders. The one leader comes to be deceitful. He tries to convince you on short-term thinking. He becomes, he tries to cause you to be dismissive about the fuller meanings of life. And He tries to teach an avoidance of actually talking about the fact we are all mortal. That leader seeks to steal, seeks to kill, and seeks to destroy. Does not have an end game that desires to see you experience life and life beyond. But the other leader says this He is the gate, the gate by which you can be saved from the curse of death. He is also the good shepherd of the sheep. He comes not to steal, kill or destroy, but rather to offer life and he does so by being honest about life. He's honest about life being difficult. He is honest that life will throw its curveballs at you. But the thing about God that we often forget in times of difficulty. He never promises that life will become easy if you join him in the journey. What he does promise is that when life gets hard, he'll walk you through the difficult parts of life. You won't be alone. Katlaho was experiencing this. In spite of having lost everything she knew, instead of being angry at the God that she could have said, took that away from me, she instead clung to him because he was going to offer the only hope that she knew. You see, the message of Christ is honest, it's transparent, and it does not avoid the difficult discussions that involve purpose of life and the imminency of death. In fact, it considers those things greatly, that each person here has a purpose in life and can have hope beyond death. That's why Jesus said, I don't come to steal, kill, and destroy. I actually have come to give you life, and not just any life, but life fully. So my question comes back to you. If you're a kotlaho, where with whatever you had was taken from you all at once, what would you cling to? Would you be despondent? Would you be despairing? Would you be crushed to the point where you become angry with God? Would you reject God and just say, he is not caring, he is not loving, and walk away? Which then would only then mean you have only to hope in yourself and become angry, despondent, perhaps even depressed. Or do you walk with the God who will carry you, walk you through, and restore you and give you hope that regardless of whatever this life throws at you, gives you hope for your future. You see, Jesus changes lives. Jesus changed Kotloho's life. She went from being a hopeless girl on a street whose parents were nowhere to be seen to being a girl full of hope aspiring to a future. And by the time we left South Africa, I asked her, what do you see your life looking like going forward? And she wanted to say, with the fullest of meaning and expression, she said this, I want to help people find hope. (coughs) She wanted to help people know that there is hope in spite of whatever your circumstances are around you. And in the midst of her great storm, she found an anchor. In Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, it says this. For those of us whose lives have been changed by Christ, we have an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. Jesus becomes an anchor in the midst of a storm. Have you ever been on a ship when a storm comes up? It's not a fun place to be. And, that sh- and, and the boat's at the mercy of the storm, unless it's anchored. Jesus becomes an anchor that whenever the storms of life come, we don't feel helpless. We don't feel adrift. We actually have hope. We have purpose, and we can trust in the direction of God. Another passage in Hebrews says this, that because of what Jesus has done, we now have hope and confidence to come before God. It's in Hebrews chapter 10. And it says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body, since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us then draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Therefore, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we professed because he who promised is faithful. You see, when you have an anchor to the soul found in Jesus Christ, we now then have a pathway. As Jesus said earlier, He is the gate by which we can have a relationship with the Father God. He becomes the hope by which we can walk every day in confidence to approach the living God for help. And because of His blood that was shed on the cross for each of us so that He could pave the way for us, because we were dead in our sins, We needed a blood payment that would cover those sins so that we could be reconciled to God. So by accepting that gift given to us, we now have a curtain by which we can enter into the presence of God. The blood of Christ is capable of allowing anyone to enter into hope. So for those of us who are in Christ, we have that anchor And we have that hope that we will be able to enter without fear into the presence of God. And lastly, this all comes by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, gives us the definition of faith. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I have never seen Jesus Christ visually. I have never seen the place by which I hope for and long for in a place that he's preparing for those who have given their lives to him. Never seen those things. But by faith I accept what I have what I've read and I've heard and what God has done in my heart. By faith, I accept that. And as a result, I hope for that which I cannot see. But I am also certain of it, and I am not in doubt. I've experienced the life change of God, and so have many here. I, too, have gone through difficult times. And it was only because of the hope found in Christ that I found an anchor and I didn't find myself adrift. It has been our prayer that if you come today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that today, by faith, you will accept his work done for you on your behalf and call on him to be the leader of your life, your Lord, And by faith, accept what he says about you and to you. And by faith, look forward to, in hope, of what we can long for, which is life eternal with the Father God. It has been our prayer that you will discover that hope found in such a faith. Jesus came to give you life and life to the full. Let's pray. Jesus, you came to accomplish this great work on our behalf. We, by faith, have to accept it. I know that you have worked in my life and and I've been able to experience your presence and and you teaching my heart and to open my eyes to see the beauty of what's written about in your scriptures, your word. To see that that you were obeying the Father's commands to come to die for us, even when we weren't loving on you, you were loving on us. And because of you changing our lives, most of us here have hope. But Jesus, there are some here who are yet to come into the family. that are yet to have experienced faith. and therefore are living out every day with no hope. So Jesus, I ask that you would begin to do a work in their life that they will want to cling to you as their anchor and discover what it means to have a relationship with you and therefore be reconciled to the Father God. So I just ask, Lord that you would do a work in our hearts and that for those of us who have hope we will cling to it anew and afresh today, but for those who never have, that they will be new and they'll never live another hopeless day. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, if somebody brought you here today that is from LAFC, tell them about it and let them talk to you and pray with you so you can give your life to Jesus. If you're here and you need to talk to somebody, there's a prayer tent to my left, your right, that somebody will be there and be glad to introduce you to Jesus. We want you to have hope, and hope for life beyond. That's what Jesus offers. Amen.